This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's time for a one-of-a-kind poker party. Poker Night in America is streaming live from Studio 52 in Las Vegas. Join us nightly at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as some of the biggest names in poker play in the ultimate house game. Watch on the Poker Night in America channel on YouTube and Twitch or go to PokerNight.com. Poker Night in America is back and ready to party. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Bet Rivers Network. How's it going? Welcome along to our UEFA Champions League show. Another round of Champions League fixtures coming up this week. And alongside me are two brilliant handicappers who are going to share their picks going into this round of fixtures. First up, joining us from across the pond, RJ, how are you, my friend? Good to be here with you both. Uh, I'm doing well. It's the uh, Monday of of the second leg. Uh, there's also, you know, separate exciting time for, for U.S. fans if you're into college basketball. We got March Madness kicking off this week, so it's... Uh, it's a big week of sports and uh, very much looking forward to chopping it up with you guys uh, for the Champions League. Sounds perfect. A week sitting on the sofa just watching sport. Like, don't get <laughs> yeah. any better than that, does it? Uh, it really doesn't. Uh, also joining us, Jack Wright from the EPL show, sporting uh, some Italian wear today. Well, representing, you know, I've seen the, the bets that we've got going forward for this one. So uh, absolutely, yeah, I thought I'd dig out the old uh, the shirt. Uh, we shall reveal obviously in a moment or two. Don't want to give too much away at this stage, but I, I just love RJ's terminology. I, I'm looking forward to chopping it up with us as well. So he's <laughs> so much karma, than me though, isn't he? You have good karma with that shirt, Jack. We'll find out, won't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so far, well, so good. I think he's worn it because Nigel Seeley's not here to to criticize his wardrobe this time. Yeah, it's not a roll neck. <laughs> Right, let's uh, let's get into it, guys. Let's talk uh, first of all. Real Madrid versus Liverpool. RJ, this is a game that has tickled your fancy. Obviously, Real Madrid in a commanding position after the first leg. But um, you got an interesting pick here for us. I do. Um, I'll be I'll be honest. Right, it was it was a little difficult for me to find picks that I truly uh, respected and liked this this second leg. Um, so yeah, my my first play in the second leg is looking at Real Madrid side, right? Uh, after entering leg two with a, with a seven goal thriller, I think uh, hopefully most of y'all caught that match. Uh, seven goal thriller. They were they went down two nil against Liverpool at Anfield. Obviously, a difficult situation to be faced with, and you know they just proved how resilient they are at, at the Champions League level, right? They continue to impress. Um, Domestically, they they drew they drew twice. Uh, ended up uh, with a three to one win against Espanyol over this past weekend. Uh, currently nine points behind uh, league toppers uh, Barcelona of La Liga, and uh, they obviously have hopes of of keeping that title race alive as well as their Champions League hopes, uh, especially being reigning champs. But some interesting stuff here. So their 
Last 27, the last 27 times Real Madrid have won the first leg of the Champions League matches, they've progressed in 26 of them, right? So clearly if, if history is on them, uh, if you're a trend person, they have a very good shot, obviously, of advancing to the to the second round. They only failed to do so against uh, Ten, uh, Eric Ten Hags when he coached Ajax back in, back in 2019. Um, we know that Liverpool is going to bring everything they have, obviously looking for some revenge from last year's Champions League final. Um, I honestly expect another open, open match, right? I, I think we could see another thriller here. Um, they did look flat against Bournemouth over this past weekend. You know, to me, they're just a difficult side to predict, right? One, they, they, they take on Manchester United 7-0. They come against Bournemouth and they lose 1-0. I, I can't quite figure this side out. Um, but this this pick for me is, is, is basically uh, statistical-based, right? So from a stats perspective, Real Madrid averaged 6.77 shots on target per match over their last 25 home matches. And Liverpool, on the other hand, on the road, are averaging 4.85 shots against, so just around five shots. Um, Benzema was rested over the weekend. Liverpool's an ailing side right now. They're, they're backs against the wall down uh, 5-2 from the first leg. So the pick that I'm targeting here, based on the statistics and kind of where we're, we're set up to see, uh, I like Real Madrid shots on target over 4.5 at minus 106. Brilliant. Um, Jack, you swerved this game. Any particular reason why? <laughs> uh, well, part of the reason why RJ's hit the nail on the head there is trying to predict what Liverpool are going to do next. Um, and also because there's a such a swing from that first leg, obviously we know that as it stands at the moment, Liverpool could go there, win 1-0, 2-0 and, and Madrid still go through and that's going to be their priority. But you, we know, and RJ's bang on the money as far as that Liverpool are going to come out swinging. That's what they do generally. They're going to do it even more so now, down three goals at kickoff. So, um, yeah, I like I like the the fact that he's uh, you know said so Benzema's been rested, so he's they've obviously going to got the idea of bringing him in for this one, um, and that Madrid are going to going to be able to look to pick Liverpool off on the counter. And we know what they've got with the likes of Vinicius Junior. They've got that talent to be able to do that, that pace, that direct play. So uh, a, a tough one to call because you know a, a couple of goals for Madrid here, and obviously the tie is completely gone. Not for RJ's bet. But as far as, as as a win is concerned, so I think yeah, I just generally liked other things, um, and I've, I've yeah been swerving Liverpool quite a lot recently, even in the EPL show. So I was, yeah, was going to add other opportunities in this one to look at. I've got a feeling it's going to be a really entertaining game. Like I'm not saying that Liverpool are going to turn it around, as we say the you know the margin is huge, but I've got a feeling that this is one that you, you might want to look at shots on target. Can you do that? Can you go for shots on target overall? Can you go for yep. uh, okay. per side, things like that? I think it's going to be a really end-to-end game, real, a real ding-dong, as they say here. <laughs> well, Liverpool have got form for it, haven't they? So that we know that they can go there and, and put on a show. Look, and certainly, if Liverpool go and get an early goal or two, then, wow, then that, that certainly perks everyone's attention. So, as you say, it has got the makings of being an absolute cracker if it falls the right way. And uh, let's hope it does. And mm-hmm. certainly it goes end to end, as RJ's implied there. And uh, we, we pick up a great game and uh, and cash the ticket on this one. Indeed. Right. Let's uh, move on. Jack, uh, Porto Inter uh, has tickled your fancy. Um, I like the look of this pick. Tell us about it. I like it because I think this is one that 
is very likely given what we know about these two teams and their history in, in European competition. Yeah, my eyes were drawn to this one. I'm one of those um, weird people that loves to to back cards and uh, that's what I'm doing. It's just a bit, God, the Megans have been very, very, very feisty. And, you know, there's players involved in this one that can get in arguments on their own in a phone box. There, There is all the Megans of this being a, a game where it kind of can get out of control. We've seen it a lot of times before. So uh, unlike the game we then talked about, this one is finally balanced after the first leg. Um, I think it could have gone either way. Um, the red card arguably did swing it in Inter's favour on that occasion. Otavio getting sent off about 15 minutes to go. Score was goalless at that point in time. And then uh, Lukaku popped up with a, a late winner just before full time. Um, and so, so they've got a narrow advantage to take over to Portugal. Um, but as I said, it's cards that I'm playing here. Uh, I'd personally set my line at five and a half. That's where I would have been happy to play if the price was right. To see it available at over four and a half and say certainly piqued my interest. This was my my favourite pick of the Champions League this weekend. This is why I said that I was looking at this game and swerving others. Um, first leg, we saw a card for each side in the first half, which is always a good sign. Um, there were two yellows and a red for all for Porto in the second half. So, and that's a, that's in a first leg with a referee that's not really renowned too much for for showing cards around. So, um, for those of you looking for sort of leans as far as the actual match is concerned, before I focus on the reasons for the cards, you know, obviously Porto were on a ten-game winning sequence prior to that defeat to Inter in um, in in the first leg, back to back wins. Uh, have seen them kind of now get back on track. They did lose their first game back in Portugal after returning from this, this, that first leg defeat. So they're eight points behind Benfica, which given Benfica's form probably looks a bit of a stretch too far. So again, the focus is going to be on this game to progress through. Um, Inter in similar fashion, they lost straight after the first leg as well. They lost at Bologna. Um, then beat Lecce, you thought, okay, well, they're back on track, but they had a terrible result at the weekend. They lost to Spezia at the weekend and, they're 18 points behind um, Napoli in, in the lead, and we'll come on more to them later on. Um, but that that title's gone. That, that's obviously out, out, of the, out of the question now. There's no chance they're bridging that gap. The thing they've got to worry about is they're only three points between them and Roma in fifth domestically. So, you know, that's a, that's an issue for them. Um, Inzaghi was fuming after that um, defeat at the weekend. Um, he said that he and his team wouldn't sleep at night. That night, you know that feeling well, Harry. Obviously, with a couple of kids, but it's um, yeah, not not great for them the way they go. And so you imagine that he's demanded a response from them, and we're going to see a, a kind of prickly, a feisty Inter Milan side here looking to protect that one goal lead. This is the perfect setup as far as cards are concerned. And when you look at it, Inter have only kept two clean sheets away all season. Um, Pilsen in the in the group stages of this tournament, and then Sampdoria, who are rock bottom of Serie A. Um, which means that we should expect to see Porto get something out of this game or certainly get a foothold back into this game. So it's going to be nip and tuck, I think, which, as I said, automatically leads you to the fact that it's going to be feisty, it's going to be time-wasting, there's going to be tackles, there's going to be dark arts, and it's all going to lead towards cards. Looking at the um, the disciplinary of both sides ahead of this one, um, they both feature in the top 10 of the 32 clubs that are in the Champions League. Um, Porto is 7th. Inter Milan are 10th. Um, Porto's games, look, anyone that doesn't really know the Portuguese league, Portugal and cards go hand in hand. It's just something that happens. And Porto's games this season have averaged a massive six and a half cards per game from 39 competitive fixtures. 
It dropped slightly, but but not by a lot. I was actually surprised that it was still high. Champions League, it sees it drop to 5.72, which is still high. But interestingly, when at home, they've had three Champions League games at home. It's risen back up to six. We saw six, seven and five in their group stage games. So that's automatically kind of ticking the boxes that we need here. Inter slightly lower across the season so far, an average of 4.25. So still quite high across their 36 games. That lifts a little bit to four and a half in the Champions League. But crucially, when away from home, when they're needing to kind of say, do those usual dark arts that Italian signs are renowned for, that lifts right up to 5.33 in away games. Um, six, five and five in the group stages. So all six of these got, these two teams' respective home and away fixtures in the group stages have crossed the line we need here of over four and a half cards. The final piece, of course, of any jigsaw puzzle when you're talking about cards is the referee, the man in the middle. Um, and we have the Polish referee for this one, uh, Mr. Marciniak, who is an elite level referee. Name might ring a bell to those not so familiar with the Polish leagues. <laughs> I am included in that. Um, he was in charge of the World Cup final. Um, so that shows you the level that he's at. Um, I did need some help as far as what he's like domestically. As I said, my, my Polish isn't great. Um, my Polish football is not high on the agenda. The Extra Klasa is the league that he referees in domestically uh, on, a, on a weekly basis. Um, so I spoke to a, a man. I've got a man on the ground in Poland, uh, Lucas. Who, so thanks, Lucas, for giving me some time today just to go through what he's like domestically. He says it's a great appointment for this and for the bet. Um, great appointment for a KG game. He controls the game. Um, demands respect. He's not afraid to get his cards out when needed um, and said he won't stand for any kind of dissent and disrespect to him, which was music to my ears. So looking at the last five games, four of, of him in charge have gone over four and a half cards. Five of the last seven have as well. He showed five at the weekend, so he's warmed up his card finger or card pocket walked nicely, um, averaging 5.42 in seven European games. Um, and the final piece, I'd just like to see if he's got any like history recently with both clubs. He, he refereed Porto's game against Atletico Madrid, showed five yellow cards and one red card in the group stages. And also is in charge of Barcelona versus Inter Milan, where he showed five yellow cards in that one. So we've ticked the boxes all the way through that. Over four and a half cards here at minus 106. I think it's a cracking price for what should be a really, really feisty game. Fantastic stuff. Um, RJ, let's come back to you, mate. Uh, Napoli, another Italian side uh, in action. They take on the Germans, Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, how are you approaching this one? Yeah, so I'm approaching this one in a, in a bit of a different fashion than I normally do. Normally, uh, obviously, those that follow me know I target goals, typically overs. Um, so... Little little match summary and shout out to Jack. He's got he's got people, uh, you know, he's got people in Poland. He's got he's got people all over the place. So that's nice, Jack. I'm gonna remember that if I need to uh, Mate, give me to gather shot. some information, um, some intel. It's very reasonable. He doesn't charge much at all. Oh, good. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, yeah, looking at the Napoli side sitting on a two goal lead, heading back to Maradona Stadium. Um. Targeting a play with the uh, Georgian wonder boy, uh, Kavica Karvikskelia, um, looking at any time goal scorer at plus 155. Um, I will say last night I looked at this, it was it was plus 165, so I'm, I'm giving you the live odds. It, it's dropped a little to 155. And, you know, I, I base this, and in the premise of my selection here is Lozano was out 
uh, over the weekend. Uh, I believe he's going to get some field time. Uh, but with Lozano off the field, he's basically the next man behind uh, Osman, right? He's the he's a, he's a very talented player. Um, and so uh, let me get into this a little bit more. So Serie A leaders, they're uh, as Jack said, they're 18 points um, ahead of Inter, and they look to have a, a stronghold on the title, right? They're going to focus on closing out the second leg with a nice two goal two goal cushion. Uh, Kavisha has 11 goals in Serie A and he was able to, to get a goal over this, over this weekend and their two nil win against Atalanta. Um, and as I said, he shares the wealth with Victor Osman, who's, who's Serie A, uh, Serie A, uh, leading goal scorer. Um, so some interesting stats behind, uh, KK or Kavisha, uh, now averages a direct goal contribution per game this season, whether it's, whether it's goals or assists, he has 13 goals and 15 assists in um, each in, in, in the matches this season. So he's got a direct contribution in some form or fashion. Uh, Napoli's home matches, especially in the UCL, have, have been um, quite goal-friendly. They average around four goals per match. Uh, I, I expect them to essentially just put a stronghold on the on-track Frankfurt side. I see a 2-0, 3-0 type win, and I think uh, the Georgian Wonderboy uh, gets one of them. And uh, we cashed this at a nice plus one fifty five. Um, you know, as I said, it was it was tough to to find some plays this week, and these were you know never forced. Um, I do like Napoli team total over one point five uh, as well in this match. Agreed, there. Uh, Great bet. That I'm trying to find the price quick. So that price is uh, all right. Well. That just dropped as I looked. It's it's minus one eighty. So yeah, we're not going to touch oh. that. But uh, <laughs> if you're feeling frisky and you want to parlay it, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Um, speaking of Napoli, Jack, you've also got a play in this fixture. Um, Napoli have got two standout players at the moment. You could argue, and you've decided to go down the route of the other one. Uh, so tell us about this. Yeah, I thought you said talking to feeling frisky over to me. Yeah, no. Thank goodness <laughs> I'll leave that. that to RJ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, look, Napoli, I'll put my cards on the table, my shirt on the back. Napoli are one of my favourite teams to watch over the last 12 to 18 months. I think they've been absolutely sensational. I wanted to get them on side. RJ's already touched on it. Team totals been smashed to pieces as well. The Napoli win is prohibitive and then for a reason. They've just been playing phenomenally well. Uh, but, you know, I think there was concern possibly about Napoli because they're already 2-0 up. But I just don't I don't see it that way because they're not that kind of side. They only got one way of playing. For me, it, it feels like they're always playing their last game of football ever. You know what I mean? It's just they, they just want to enjoy it. They want to attack. They want to score goals. They want to do everything the right way. It's, it's, it's frenetic. It's like great stuff. They remind me a bit of Atlanta from a couple of years ago, uh, maybe Ajax from last season, but they're just better than that because they're just more consistent than that. They're a little bit better defensively than those sides were. You always felt you had a chance there. Um, and, and with Napoli, the players they've got at the moment, they've found a fantastic kind of team that have gone together and just done amazingly well. Three defeats all season, um, one just recently, but one in a dead rubber. Uh, that was against Liverpool at Anfield. No disgrace in that anyway, but they'd already topped the group in the qualifications uh, or the group stages. So 28 wins in total from 34 competitive fixtures. The kind of win rate that you expect in a brief period of time from like maybe a new manager going into a side. But over the course of a season, in elite competition, Serie A, UCL, it's been phenomenal. And as uh, RJ touched on it, 
84 goals they've scored across those 34 competitive fixtures. There's an average of 2.47. Some some teams don't see that in a in a match, let alone as their own goal scoring um, over the course of that period of time. They've scored two or more goals in 11 of the last 12. Um, 18 points clear, as we've said, at the top of Serie A. So they can put real focus on this competition. They've got a tricky game coming up before the international break, but as I said, they've got 18 point buffer to, to worry about. And I just think they'll look to take care of this Frankfurt side early doors. They'll look to put them to bed in the first half, say two up already. They can go about it again. And Frankfurt are massively up against it. Those that haven't kind of seen, uh, the, the, they're virt- going to have virtually no traveling support there. Um, anyone with the Frankfurt address has been banned from going to the game. Um, I think I saw recently just before we recorded this, that Frankfurt have now sort of sent all the tickets back and said they're not going to have anything to do with it. So um, that's going to be an absolutely intimidating atmosphere to the max at Diego Maradona Stadium. They're also shown on several key players, including the top goal scorer as well. And just to put the you know put the kibosh on that as well, that the lowest score is still left in the competition. They've only scored seven goals in the competition so far. Also in not great form, no wins in the last four games, no wins in the last six on the road. They've only got one clean sheet in 16 Bundesliga and Champions League away games, um, say from those 16 Bundesliga and Champions League away games so far this season. You expect Napoli to score in this one and therefore, you know, Frankfurt are going to have to score three or four just to get through. So I think they'll be, they'll be game over. We've already touched on who's going to do the damage. So like I said, we can't play... Napoli just to win this we can't even play their team goals as we've discussed so those of you that have listened to me on the Premier League show will know that I'm happy to do a same game parlay that's the way I'm going about this one here Napoli to win and I'm going for Victor Osherman to have a shot on target we're getting odds of minus 120 there um 21 goals this season he's obviously one of the hottest properties striking properties in Europe at the moment he's got untold amounts of pace untold amounts of power Untold goal scoring ability, untold work rate. He's got the complete package, hence why virtually every top elite club in Europe wants him. Yes, he's blanked in his last two games, um, but prior to that, he scored nine straight. Um, So I'm I'm taking a little safer angle in, as I said. So I'm going on his shots on target. Um, We we could see, as I said, if if this goes two or three nil in the first half to Napoli, then they are going to start resting players, their key players in the second half. So... 40 shots on target from Osterman so far this season, 26 um, Serie A and UCL fixtures. So he's totaled 1,844 minutes. Now, how I like to work about these things when I think there could be a player being taken off maybe around the hour mark is just to work out, am I going to be able to get in a winning position prior to that? I don't want to be risking it, needing him to play a full 90. So he is working out on average at this moment in time as a shot on target every 46 minutes. So, Pretty much all damn it. Uh, every half of football, he's having at least one shot on target. Um, he's had at least one in 12 of the last 13. So all those stats would suggest that he'll have at least a shot on target, possibly even score. If he scores, great for, for all our bets, really, to be fair. Um, but he doesn't need to. Obviously, the shot on target um, would count if he scores anyway. Um, but he doesn't need to beat the keeper as long as he makes him work on that. Coupled with a Napoli win. Kvaric Skelia will score as well, and we can cash both tickets handsomely. So that's the bet for me. Napoli to win, Osterman to get a shot on target, or over 0.5 shots on target, as is listed on the Bet Rivers website. Uh, odds of minus 120. Brilliant stuff. Uh, let's summarise the picks then uh, from both the guys. RJ's gone for uh, Real Madrid to have over four and a half shots on target in their clash with Liverpool. That's at minus 113. He's also gone for Napoli. 
uh, versus Eintracht Frankfurt. In that game, he's gone for Kvara, uh, as I'm going to call him. Uh, Kvara also known as Kvaradona in Italy at the moment. Uh, he's gone for him as an anytime goal scorer at plus 165. Jack's gone for over four and a half cards in the game between Porto and Inter. That's at minus 106. And going back to the game between Napoli and Eintracht Frankfurt, uh, Jack has gone for Napoli to win and Ossiman to have a shot on target. And that's at minus 120. So those are the guys' picks uh, for this week's upcoming UEFA Champions League action. Uh, we'll be back, of course, to look ahead to the Europa League action, which is coming up this week as well. So stay tuned for that. We'll see you all soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network.